This is the Moshpit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal and rock interviews and segments. to the Mosh Pit on Sin with Alan and tonight we're being joined by special guest Jake Taylor from Byron Bay Metalcore Band in Hearts Wake. Welcome to the show, Jake. Hello. I'm speaking to you away from England, but uh, I am definitely there <laughs> through the airwaves. That's so cool. So what what are you doing in England at the moment? I'm on tour at the moment with uh, a band called While She Sleeps. and They're actually oh, yeah. the band that we are bringing over to, yeah. uh, to Australia and to Melbourne, playing at the Forum, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. So, is the tour going well? Yeah, it's really good. The whole, I believe, the, the full tour, like two weeks of dates, they're all sold out. So, it's been like uh, really good for us in front of new crowds and just people going nuts. So, it's very positive. Sweet. So, you've got a new album coming out May 26th called Art. So, could you tell us a little bit about how this album came about? Sure. Okay. So, uh, we've previously uh, we've recorded a double record in the past called Duality. Earthwalker and Skydancer, for those of you unaware. And this was the next step, the next, uh, people have, have titled it as like the, uh, not the encore, but the, uh, I guess it's like a, to them it's the, it's the, uh, I guess it's the epic that comes after those two. And so we really wanted to put everything that we had into this one. And we knuckled down and recorded this one at home. And the concept of the record is, uh, the Earth, our planet, it, the Earth, it, it's a ship essentially. Think about it, because mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's literally in the middle of the biggest ocean known to man, and that is space. And every woman, every child, every every human being, every living thing we've ever known has existed on this ship. And uh, we're, we're kindly asking the question, you know, who is steering it? And the answer is no one, and we need to steer it together, because right now people are pushing and pulling to pull it different ways, and if we're not careful, you know, we're going to head, uh, we're going to sink ourselves, basically. So, uh, yeah, it's really, really apparent. To, uh, to look out for each other and to protect the ark. Mm, that's really interesting. And this album follows the theme of water and sustainability. Would you consider this to be a concept album? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a concept. As I just, I just explained, I get, that's, that's our concept with, mm. with the album title, Ark. But as yeah. you said, being water and sustainability, uh, we recognise that every human being and every uh, living thing requires water. That's why we have life on planet Earth. Yeah. And that we're not, you know, we're not protecting and um, sustaining the way we use water and the way we cultivate it at the moment. It's very, uh, very out of balance. It's, um, it's quite shocking, actually. You know, in some places, water is more expensive than oil already. And one day soon, it's, it's going to be more expensive than gold. But essentially, it's more valuable than both those things. If yeah. you look at it. So it makes sense why it would be. But, uh, yeah, we want to sustain and really draw a... Uh, a spotlight on water with this record and the impending flood that the Ark is presented with. Mm. Awesome. So the track Frequency was inspired by your stepdad, Randy Ryman. I hope that's pronounced correctly. Um, who's correct. the lead? Yeah, very great. Awesome. Um, he's the lead singer of Mass Appeal. So I was wondering how did he influence this song? <clears throat> well, uh, I guess we're influencing that track. It was more um, him and I having a conversation about uh, about whales. <laughs> uh, at the time of writing that song and the record, I was out surfing a fair bit and the whales were crossing 
and it was just such an, such an experience when you're in the water with whales. I can't even explain. It's a feeling you've got to be there for. But I had that conversation about you know, what, would it, what it would be like to write a perspective and a song about from the whales, what they see. Then he uh, brought up this, this article that he had read about the loneliest whale that ever lived. That's the title. And uh, the whale is essentially, uh, there's one that's, that's been found. It's, it's frequency that it speaks at is 52 hertz. And a regular whale is usually in the 20 somewhere. So it's speaking at a much higher frequency or singing, I should say. So as a result, it can't communicate with any of the herd. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's posed this question, you know, has is this whale all alone? How could it communicate? What would it be like? And I feel that, you know, at some point in our lives, all of us know what that's like to, to be misheard or, or to feel alone. So it's a really important song on this record. Mm. Awesome. How do you think having him, having someone that's founded a band as your stepdad, how has that growing up shaped your musical style and taste? Well, it showed me that anything's possible. It showed me that a very... I don't want to say very quiet, but he's, he's very, like, he's not by any means, like, death metal covered in tattoos, long hair, like, you know, he's just so uh, chilled out and, and very simple and very artistic and, and you, and I guess gentle, you would say, to an extent. Mm. So to see a man like that go on a stage like I did when I was uh, 12 and absolutely just go absolutely nuts and have, you know, a sold-out show go absolutely nuts back at him. It was an energy and an experience that stayed with me that uh, I guess, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing, anything is possible and anything can be done. So it was very inspiring to me as, you know, as his son to, to want to do that myself and to share lyrics and a passion and be able to take that onto a stage and just let loose and release this energy. So that really, yes, yeah, set the, the framework for where I am today. Awesome. The band's also going to partner up with a charity and lead a series of beach cleanups along east coast of Australia and the UK. Can you please tell me how that's going to work and how people can get involved in that? Speaking about Tang- Tangaroa Blue, um, yes, we're teaming up with them and they're providing the equipment and facilities that we need and we are going to be cleaning up in Byron Bay, Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane uh, in teams, basically. Each, each member will be with a team and we're going to give a free shout-out to anyone who wants to participate and we also will send out free shirts to anyone who wants to start their own group outside of these four cleanups. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, just clean up the marine debris that really, yeah, is affecting our oceans. Definitely. Coming from Byron Bay, would you say that there's a big scene there for metalcore bands? I'd say there's a theme, but I wouldn't. I don't think it's as a uh, as um, like abundant with with music and metalcore as the world may think. Purely because Parkway Driver from there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets the stage for Parkway Driver set the stage for that anything is possible. Being from such a small little town, but the thing that that Byron Bay does have, regardless of your genre is that it's got such a beautiful heart and a beautiful um, landscape, so it's really inspiring to take that and share that with the world. Awesome. I also liked the single Passage and the music video that went along with it. I was wondering who came up with the idea for the music video. I thought that, like, the lyrics is talking about the ship and, like, the theme of the, the videos, you're all on a ship. So I was just yep. wondering how that all, that idea all came about. The, the lyrics of the song came from a conversation with my mom. Actually, um, we were just speaking about yeah how the Earth is a ship, mm. and my stepdad, all of us basically. Uh, so that's where the lyrics came from. We really wanted to. It's a metaphor. It's very metaphorical, but it's also very 
without being too like hidden and riddled. We are, like I said, we are a ship. Yeah. So that was that set the framework for that track. From there, to, to create a music video for those lyrics was a was difficult because I couldn't see going any other way than being on a ship, which is quite a hard thing to pull off. So yeah. my mum and I sat down and we wrote this big script, or big uh, story, which ended up being the story for Passage. And I got to co-direct it as well. And so co-writing with my mum, it was very, uh, I was very, like, it was very, very close. The story is very close to me. So I was able to really say, and I think this should go here and this should go here. We need to do this and that. And that really helped bring that whole vision uh, to life with you know, clarity. So I'm very, very proud of that. Yeah, I was also wondering what the eye on your forehead means. Like, what's that supposed to represent? Yeah, sure. So in the, in the hull of the ship at you know, for the first half of the clip, I'm, uh, I'm essentially a shadow or a spirit inside, inside, and I'm telling, you know, this, this tragic story of, you know, the impending doom that the ship is heading for. Yeah. And the eye, the eye represents, it's just basically making it clear that I'm a spirit. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not, uh, not a human, essentially, and I'm awake to what is happening. My eyes are open, everyone else is blindfolded. And I guess it's not till, you know, the end of the clip that you catch a glimpse of me, Carl catches a glimpse of me on the beach, and I'm much more at peace, and at that point I've, I've sort of, I've, my character has evolved and my, my spirit has settled here on this, on this land, so the eye, the eye being just, and, and in third eye it's always very awakened, as is the whole concept of the third eye. Mm. Cool, interesting. That answers, yeah, that answers your question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I always think of, like, the eye as just a very unique icon sort of thing. Like, it always stands out when you yeah. see something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's universal. And, and also, you know, the lyrics, we just drift in the eye of the storm. Yeah. It's got that very, uh, you know, there's something very powerful about that. Mm. Yeah, so... So you're currently in England, and then you're coming to Australia in July, coming back home to Australia in July, but you're bringing While She Sleeps back with you, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering how it's going to be different performing, because since you're performing with them in England, how do you think it's going to be different performing with them in Australia? Uh, the shows are going to be much bigger. This is like, yeah, these venues are of quadruple the size of the venues that are being done over here. Uh, so that's going to be different, playing on these big, massive stages. We're going to have just a show that we can't wait to unveil to everyone. So that's going to be very, very special. Uh, so mix with those two things, plus our, us playing, we're going to be playing Passage and a bunch of other songs from the new album that we aren't playing right now. Okay, cool. So a whole new set, a whole new look, and a lot more people. Mm. Do you ever get nervous when you're going to be sort of performing songs from a new album for the first time? Um, as long as we've rehearsed them enough times, I'm not nervous. But if we were, if we were going to play it, uh, not rehearse as, as much as we'd like, then I might feel a little bit nervous. Mm. Um, it's more, it's actually more the, like the production and, and the, the memorising of what song comes next and when this, when, you know, when this production scene goes off. All those things are just, it's a lot more on your mind than just performing the song sometimes. And that's where the nerves can slip in of, I hope it goes all to plan, you know. Do you use like stage effects? Yeah, yeah, we do. We've we've um, done as much as we can in the past with, the, with what we've been given in terms of LED light uh, screens behind us, CO two going off, all kinds of uh, like things that happen. For instance, like a someone came out in a sombrero and 
everyone is running around. But there's always little things and fun elements that we bring. So uh, I don't know if you call that a stage effect, but it's, it's a show. It's not just a, a set of rehearsed songs. It's got a you know performance and theatrical element to it. Mm, definitely. Awesome. Well, that sounds really cool. And we look forward to seeing you come back down to Australia. And, yeah, I wish you all the best of luck for your time on tour in England as well. It sounds... Sounds really cool. Sounds pretty exciting, to be honest. So, yeah, I'd just like to thank yeah, you yeah, for joining awesome. us tonight. Very busy and uh, incredible life. Thanks for listening to the Moshpit Backstage Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni. To find out more about the show, go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moshpitonsyn and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at moshpitsyn. The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on Sin 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream Sin 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is Tomato from Flashgun Apocalypse. Hi, I'm Enid from Girls School. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Oldman of the Misfits. Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to The Moss Pit on Sin FM. Hi, this is Aina from Leopard. Hi, I'm Virginia Lilly from the band Lilly. This is Ron from Shorten 49. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from Eberhead. Hey everybody, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Mosh Pit on Tips.